You're listening to episode 127 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a podcasting coach, lifestyle entrepreneur, and a Canadian with a sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using stories to connect with and positively impact others. Here on the Room to Grow podcast, we're going deep into big topics like relationships, mental health, business, confidence, lifestyle, personal development, and entrepreneurship, and being open, honest, and real about how to learn from tough lessons along the way when life throws you into the unexpected. I bring you thoughts and guests with stories that will change the way you look at the world and yourself so that we can learn from each other and grow with lots of self-love and compassion every step of the way. There's always more room to grow. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to bring you such a special guest. Her name is Hafsa Rana, and Hafsa is a writer, she's a content creation strategist, and she runs a membership to support and empower moms looking to create more time and have more joy in their lives. She helps moms to be happy, to love themselves, and to help them build a virtual village to support them through the motherhood journey. I hope that you can hear the smile on my face right now because Hafsa is the most beautiful human I have ever had the joy of encountering. She is just so lovely inside and out. I was so excited that I got to meet her uh, a few months ago at a conference in LA and she was just an absolute delight. She introduced herself to me (laughs) when she commented how much she loved my shoes, which is the way to any woman's heart really. And I basically had to bribe her to come on this podcast by agreeing to discuss footwear. So there is a very brief portion near the end where we do talk about shoes for a moment. So don't worry. If you don't love shoes, it's a very short segment. If you do love shoes, hopefully you'll enjoy it. (laughs) Hafsa and I are talking about some really important things here, though, because she and I have had multiple conversations about this before, about being really protective of our personal lives and recognizing that having a social media presence doesn't have to mean that we bear everything. Hafsa and I also get into the immense responsibility of showing up authentically, that when you make an, a commitment to show up in a really authentic way, that the, sometimes it feels like crushing responsibility that can come with that. The how, when, or why to keep really big news behind closed doors. I did that for a long time this year. Uh, Hafsa also did that for quite a period of time this year as well, which we get into. Um, Living beyond the expectations of your community and making it clear that we are not our social media handles, that we are complex human beings that are made up of so much more than just what shows up on Instagram. Hafsa and I talk about being honest and really true to your values and boundaries and not oversharing in search of validation either. We even get into a conversation around privilege and Hafsa very generously opened up to us to give us just a tiny sliver of some of the types of comments and judgments that she deals with in the online space. This is a really important episode to listen to. I'm really excited that we got to have this conversation and I'm so pumped to be able to share it with you uh, so that you can listen in to some of the really important insights that Hafsa has to offer. I cannot wait for you to listen. Please go connect with Hafsa as well. Seriously, guys, she's amazing. I cannot like sing her praises enough. She's just such an incredible human being. So I'm not going to hold this up anymore. Let's do this. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast, and oh my gosh, I, we've been planning this interview for so long. I'm so excited. Hafsa, I'm so excited to have you on. Please tell everyone who you are and what you're about. I'm, I'm over the moon to have you. 
Hey, Emily. Thanks so much for having me. I am super excited to be talking to you. And for anyone who's listening, I want to tell you guys, Emily bribed me to come on this podcast by promising to talk about shoes. So I, I it's literally did. At some point. <laughs> I, like, I, I messaged you with all these things that I wanted to talk about and you're like, okay, but can we talk about footwear? I'm like, sure. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So I just wanted to let everyone know that there's going to be some kind of shoe conversation happening at some point <laughs> in here. Um, but I'm so excited we can do this. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm so pumped too. I can't wait to dive in. And we've got some pretty cool stuff that we're talking about today. So let us know a little bit about uh, how you started out and how you are doing what you are today. You and I met at an event in LA in May, and I absolutely fell in love with you and your energy. You were just the most beautiful, bright person of all time. So tell everyone who Hafsa is because I want the world to know. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think you're just being super nice right now, but- um, I, so I'm being I, 100% real, I assure you. <laughs> I started, I mean, I graduated with a degree in psychology and religious studies too long ago. Um, and then, <laughs> I, you know, I was working, working as a marketing director and then I had my first son and I kind of realized that uh, given our life situation, my husband was traveling for work a lot and I was home. We didn't have any family around us. I didn't want to leave him in a daycare. So I started like kind of exploring becoming an entrepreneur and I started this business uh, called Princes and Fairies where I would make like hand make linen, like embedding for babies. And I realized that I wasn't a maker. So uh, from there, I tried a lot of different things and I settled on blogging because I realized that it gave me something that I really loved, which was a chance to connect with people on a really personal and intimate level. And so for the past three, four years now, uh, I've been working around the brand Happily Hafsa, which is my name. Um, and with it, I offer programs for people who want to become a content uh, creation uh, specialists. So like I, whether they want to start a blog or they want to become a YouTuber or they want to become an Instagrammer, I provide support and like strategy. Um, and then I also run a membership for moms uh, to support and empower them and help them create more time and have more joy in their life. Because my other passion is supporting other women, especially moms who may have felt like you know, well, who may be at that impasse that I was, you know, seven years ago when my son was born, uh, where I kind of felt lost and didn't know where I had to, where I could go and what I could do. And I want to show them like just what's possible and that they can be happy, love themselves and, you know, pursue their dreams, whatever those dreams might be. Um, so that's me. My husband and I live in Chicago. We have two boys and we have another baby on the way which is super exciting and super scary at the same time. <laughs> yes, that's me in a nutshell. And I love shoes. And you love shoes. Exactly. <laughs> I love this. Well, and I just love how much support you provide for moms in particular, because even though I'm not a mom, I, I recognize a lot of the struggles that moms deal with. And you have just this incredible way of being super honest and real and showing up in, in a really genuine way, especially online, which is kind of some of the things that we're going to touch on today, because in this age where there's such an enormous push towards revealing more all the time, why do you feel that it's so important to be even more protective of our personal lives? Because as much as you share a lot, you also draw boundaries, which is super important. So I'd love to get your thoughts on that. 
Yeah, so you know, I mean, I I was a little bit late to the social social media game. Like I think I created my first like Facebook account um in 2007 and I didn't actually join Instagram until like 3 years ago, 2 years ago, so well after it became like the thing. Um and I think having that gap between like being an early adapter and being someone who kind of saw how it was working and the impacts, I realized that I I want, like, you know, I'm, I am Hafsa, like the person, and then I'm Hafsa, like happily Hafsa, the brand. And I want there to be that dividing line between my personal life and who I am and my presence on social media, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest or wherever, um, and that I am not my, my social handles. And not all my not all parts of my life have to be public. Um, and I think, especially as a mom, and I see a lot of kids having such a hard time drawing that distinction. I want to live by example for my kids because I want them to know that you know some things in your life are special. They're kind of like sacrosanct, and you want to protect them and nurture them. And some of those include like you know your closest relationships, your most intimate moments you know, those special family events that are for you and they not broadcasting them to the world doesn't make them any less special. It sometimes actually makes them more special and more intimate. Um, and then uh, the other thing is I found, especially with Instagram, and this was a process of evolution for me, I found that sometimes we overshare because we're looking for validation from outside sources, right? Like, it's, you know how we always joke, like it never happened if you didn't Instagram it. It's the like, worst you know, saying of all time. <laughs> right? Like, and, 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 and it's so common, especially amongst like people who are active on Instagram and stuff. Well, if it didn't, if, if it, you didn't Instagram it, it didn't happen. The reality is that part of that comes from our belief that unless someone validates it, unless someone says, oh, great outfit, or unless someone's like, oh, wow, you had such a good workout or that meal you cooked or that meal you ate out at that restaurant was so cool that it's not as special. It's not as cool. It's not as valuable in some way or form. And I, I really have to actively remind myself that my life has value beyond what other people can see like it has value for the sake for the simple fact that it is my life it's my experience it's my existence um it's my journey and i have to value it from like a that perspective as opposed to having someone tell me that's amazing you're cool your meal looks great your workout looked good your kids are cute your outfit is nice whatever um, and so having that boundary between the private hafsa and the public hafsa allows me to remind myself of that and like remember that, you know, every day is a gift and like my life itself is a gift and I don't need someone outside my life telling me that. You, I, I hope that everyone rewinds and listens to everything that hafsa just said there again, because the, you said some really, really powerful things there that I think are absolutely worth addressing head on and, and some of them it's funny I just did a, a an episode about uh, the dark side of social media and I mentioned sort of the same type of thing around if if we feel like we have to post something on social media why do we feel like we have to do it 
And is it because, you know, you're doing this super cool, awesome thing and you want everyone else to know that you're doing this super cool, awesome thing as well. And why isn't it enough to just know it for yourself? Because and there, we get sucked into that, right? There's this whole like FOMO and like, oh my God, I have to show the world that I'm doing cool things. Like we, we get so absorbed in it that we miss the point entirely. I mean, we, my family and I, we just went on a Euro road trip uh, earlier this summer. And for the first, like, I think three or four days, I was doing like a travel journal on my Instagram. Um, and, you know, like in order to do that, like all day, I was taking pictures with this like idea in mind that I had to do this post at the end of the day. And then after I got back to the hotel and the kids were in bed, I was staying up an extra like 30, 40 minutes, like pulling the photos off and editing them and writing the caption and all this stuff. And then on day four, I stopped and I was like, am I here to show people what I'm doing? Or am I here to have an amazing time with my boys before our lives and our family dynamic changes completely uh, once, you know, our family grows? And the reality is that I wasn't on vacation to show other people that I was on vacation. I was on vacation to spend time with my family to reconnect with my husband, to have a good time with my boys. And I didn't need other people um, kind of dictating the schedule of that vacation. Um, especially when, you know, it, it, it doesn't add anything to your experience, right? Like having someone be like, oh my God, you just went to Ghent, which is the most beautiful city in Europe. Like, how lucky are you? Like, that doesn't add or take away anything from that experience. It's, it's, it's a part of this need that we've created within ourselves of needing that, like, that, I, I don't want to say validation, but that acknowledgement from other people that we're doing something cool, that we're doing something worthy. And stepping away from it and kind of like taking that break from posting for, um, I think I didn't post that entire trip after day four. It really made me realize just how immersed we get on social because it's not just about posting, right? Then you go back and you check how many people liked that post and then who commented and what did they say and then respond to that comment. And you're just mired in that cycle the whole time. And you're actually not living the moment you're 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 living the moment only insofar as you can share it which I thought was really sad if you really stop and think about that it is really sad because rather than living the life with the people that we love who are around us we're looking to strangers on the internet to decide if if what we're doing is cool like when we put it that way it's like wait what like how did we get here? It doesn't even make sense. It's totally illogical. And I love that you, that you mentioned that as well about when you get in the cycle of constantly being on Instagram, post, 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 you do get even more sucked in because you're always looking for like, oh, who liked this? How many people like this? What's going on with this post? Whereas if you step away from it completely and do a bit of a digital detox, it can reset your brain practically to remove some of the addiction that we have to the, not only social media itself, but to the validation and to the acknowledgement by others that what we're doing is worth showing up for. And there, there's, there's so much immense power in taking that step back. 
I mean, you really feel like you regain control of your life. Like I had kind of taken an impromptu break. Like I came back after the holidays, uh, our trip and like, you know, I posted and then, you know, it's been summer break. So the boys are home and our schedules are just crazy. So I wasn't posting as frequently and I've recently just started posting again. And what I realized is my my attitude towards my posts and the way I'm engaging with my community is so different now than it was like like even two months ago because before I would be obsessing over oh did this post get enough engagement did it you know did it hit this like minimum threshold of likes or did it get this many comments and like what was the reach and what was all this stuff. And I mean, for me, that's part of being, you know, someone who's active on Instagram as a business. And I totally recognize that. But part of it was also um, ego and the sense that, well, I, you know, if I have said something, I want people to read it and enjoy it. And like, I'm creating this content, it should be consumed. Where I think now the way I'm looking at it is, Am I speaking my truth? And is my truth helping someone? Um, and both the last two posts I've done, um, you know, are very intimate to me. Um, and like what I'm experiencing and what I'm feeling right now. And I'm not looking at them as a means of like, you know, hitting an engagement target. They're actually a means of just drawing this community that I have built closer together and almost weeding out the people who don't belong because. I, it's not about reaching like, you know, some threshold of followers or, you know, building an empire. It's about building a community. And you can't do that if you're always focusing on the numbers. You have to do it by focusing on impact. This is so good. You're, you're speaking straight into my soul right now. And, and this is exactly what I've been focusing on more and more as well is, is seeking your truth and Look, looking for purpose and meaning and impact over everything else because the numbers are all bullshit. The numbers don't mean anything. And I, I recently had uh, an account reach out to me using bots and like we all get these, but I was especially irritated <laughs> by this particular one. <laughs> and it just reminded me again of how many people are still so focused on the numbers. And I'm like, but not only are you then ignoring all of the purpose, meaning impact, like all of those much more important things, but you're not building a business with bots either. Bots are not, are not real leads. They're fake Instagram accounts that are never going to pay you any money regardless. So if you want to look at numbers, then let's look at revenue numbers as opposed to Instagram likes, <laughs> because that's what we're going to start to get a clearer picture here. <laughs> I mean, I, I know you've heard the term vanity metrics, right? Like, and I think yes. it goes back to finding that validation in the likes and the followers and the size of, you know, like how many, like what number of Ks you have, like you have 10K, 20K, 30K. The reality is that we have let ourselves, and I feel like there's so many influencers that I've worked with when I was offering content creation strategy and coaching who had multiple, like, I mean, they had 40, 50,000 followers, but they had a revenue stream of less than a thousand dollars a month. And what that ends up doing is you get so caught up in this vanity metric of, oh, I have 50,000 followers 
you don't realize those followers are not doing you any good. They're not bringing you any money. They're not, you know, you're not creating any impact with them because most of them aren't even real. And the bo- your bottom line is that sure you have a bunch of likes, but those likes don't translate to dollars or cents or worse yet, they don't translate to impact. Um, and I think- Or, or even when, happiness as well. Like or, yeah, happiness, because, joy. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you feel bereft because you're there. And especially if you've bought followers, then you know that this is not real. And it's just, it's a really sad cycle. I see way too many young influencers um, getting stuck in. And I think maybe like I see it from an older, like more mature perspective, being older and a mom and (laughs) kind of recognizing like, you know, there, there's this, um, there's this gap that we're trying to fill. Right. And though that gap can be anything from like attention to um, feeling successful, feeling validated, feeling acknowledged um, that we might be missing in our in real lives. And we're spending too much time finding it in a place where it's not going to be real. And that's that's my fear. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so particular about being protective of my personal life is that I don't want my sons growing up seeing me do that because I I would hate for them to have that feeling that our lives are real they're not worthy our experiences our emotions all of that isn't real unless it's like shared with thousands of people and validated by those people and and in a lot of ways when you do that you're also protecting your brand at the same time because if you can't show up as the full version of yourself in your personal life, how on earth do you expect to be able to show up in in the full complete way for your brand and for your community either? So it's a two-way street. You almost have to have that divide to be able to show up as the best version of yourself to either one. And when it comes to impact, like I would rather touch 500 people on a really deep level than have 100,000 followers who don't even know what I'm talking about. Like that, I, I, I find it, far more meaningful to draw in that those 500 and build like this really incredible tight community and and you know some of the emails I've, I've gotten lately where people have been talking about the impact that I've had on them like that just blows me away but if if I wasn't paying attention to that and I was just looking for the the followers and the numbers I would never be able to provide that for anyone else much less in my own personal life so there has to be that divide in order to, to show up as, as the best version of us. Absolutely. I mean, you really want to make sure that, um, because I think part of it is also that you're, you're training your community what to expect from you, right? Um, and if you give, like, if you show up in a certain way and you're consistent in that way, then it builds an expectation and it builds a standard of showing up and commitment and integrity and all those things. Whereas if you're showing up and you're oversharing and you're overwhelming your community with all this information that may or may not be beneficial to them, you're, you're, you're right. You're going to, you know, you're going to be maybe be reaching more people because it's kind of like you're casting a wider net, but 
that those deeper relationships, those life-changing moments are going to be fewer and far in between because you just interact on a much more shallow level. That's such a great point. That is such a great point. And I love how, how you kind of phrase that around like training your community and setting the standard for expectations. Because the other thing is, I, I know that you feel the same way about this because we're both of of the school Tyler McCall <laughs> we've learned so well from that if you have like all dots at the top of your Instagram <laughs> it's so irritating that you should only have lines because every time I see any account that has dots I don't even watch any of their stories I flip right on by because I'm like nope too much can't handle it and this is certainly not always the case but sometimes I find that those are the ten are the types of accounts that tend to overshare because they just can't stop posting. So they end up with all these dots at the top. And I'm like, listen, I don't need to see every minute of your day in order to connect with you. Like, I think that we sometimes underestimate the power of connection because we think that we have to share everything in order to connect. And that simply isn't the case. You can be very intentional about what you share and connect with and, and you know, come out with for people to connect with. And it doesn't have to involve showing every detail of your life. I mean, you know, um... I, I think I spoke to you about this. Like we waited quite a while to share our pregnancy news with my community. And to be perfectly honest, there is this small part of me that still kind of wishes we just hadn't shared it because somehow I've managed not to look pregnant up till now. <laughs> so I could have <laughs> totally pulled it off. But, um, you know, it was really hard for me because on one hand, it's such a significant part. Like, you know, it's a huge thing for our family. It's a huge thing for me, like physically, emotionally, um, even from like a work perspective, right? It has such a far reaching impact on my life. Um, and so I, as someone who wants to show up authentically, I really wanted to share that with my community and kind of take them along on that journey. But at the same time, like keeping that news private, like we kept it private. I think we didn't share until like we were well into our like 25th week, 24th, 25th week. Um, it Keeping it private meant it was safe, right? Like I wasn't getting inundated by unsolicited advice. I wasn't like, you know, having to hear opinions on something that people aren't really like, you know, people don't know what's going on with your family dynamic, with your body, all this stuff. Um, and unfortunately, we live in a culture where everyone feels compelled to give advice, whether it's needed or wanted or whatever. But it, it was really difficult for me to kind of balance that need for privacy, but also that need for sharing. So both my husband and I, when we decided that we were going to share, we agreed that we would do it after, you know, we'd done all the medical tests and everything was clear with the pregnancy and we had seen the baby and the anatomical scans and everything was done. Uh, but, you know, like, like I said, there is that part of me that regrets a little bit sharing it because I, everything that I was afraid of happened. <laughs> I got flooded with opinions and advice and um, it has been an extremely illuminating experience because our last two pregnancies, like I wasn't active on social, so it wasn't like this, but it, but at the same time, what I've learned from this is what other women go through. And it has prepared me in a way that's, um, much more nuanced in 
helping other moms navigate something like this. Like, because now I see the kind of advice I get from random strangers, from everything from like how they think I shouldn't stand a certain way because God forbid I fall and break my baby um, to what I should and shouldn't eat. And all this ridiculously random. Like, I mean, you were joking about coconuts before we started this interview, but I've had people tell me I should eat coconuts so my baby comes out fair. Are Not you joking. serious? Not joking, right? Um, and to me, like, that just... My, my heart just sunk even hearing that. Like, <laughs> unbelievable. Oh, my God. It's really unbelievable, right? Because, again, and this isn't people, like, you know, I would get, I would understand it if it was coming from, like, older women from like an older generation who are not as I I mean I don't want to use the term enlightened because that's the wrong word but like you know we're not as educated and aware but it's you know it's our generation it's our contemporaries who are saying these things who are believing these things I had someone tell me that you know you shouldn't take prenatal vitamins because the iron in them makes the baby darker Um, and like really ridiculous stuff and so it one one thing i'm gonna cut you off for one second just because i i want anyone listening here to take this moment to acknowledge your privilege if you have never had someone say something along those lines to you because there are certain people uh i am often among them who would never have somebody say that to me because of the color of my skin so i i really want everyone to let this absorb for a moment that these are the types of things that if you don't experience it you don't even think about it and then we hear stories like this and we're like shocked and blown away but stuff like this happens all the time it's just that some of us don't have to deal with that on the same level so Hapsa, thank you for bringing that up and for sharing that because i think that that was a really really important point that really needs to be stressed to just go to show like how far people sometimes will go on social media in a wildly inappropriate and not a good way. Let's put it that way. Yeah, not a good way. <laughs> I don't even yes. have a word for it. Uh, but I mean, I kind of lost my point in the, like this whole rambling. I think what I was trying to say was um, it's, it's hard, like it's important to recognize that having, having something private can be a really good thing. And um, drawing that line between showing up authentically, but still protecting your privacy and the things that are important for you is important because it's important for your mental health and your well-being, um, as well as, you know, like protecting your brand and protecting the kind of relationships you're building on social media. Well, and when it comes to other things in your life that aren't necessarily quite as significant, uh, like life-changingly significant as announcing your pregnancy, where do you, what, what are some of the parameters that you have in place to draw that line between personal and public? I, I love asking online entrepreneurs this question because everyone has a little bit of a different response, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, so for me, uh, one of the things is I re- like one of the things that my husband and I agreed was when I decided to, you know, start the brand happily Hafsa, like I decided to start it. My husband didn't, my kids didn't sign up for it. They're kind of along for the ride. 
And so when I share things, I remember that, you know, this is my business. This is my commitment. And even though my husband's incredibly supportive and my kids are amazing, I would never want to do something that puts their privacy and their sense of safety and their sense of um, well-being at risk, right? So I will never share, for example, where my kids go to school. Um, I won't share any compromising photos or stories about them because once something is on the internet, it lives forever. So I will never share something that would embarrass them if they were to see it as adults or as older kids. Um, and, you know, like I always ask them before I share a story or share something, especially my older son, he's almost eight now. Um, if he's not comfortable with being in an Instagram story or in an Instagram post, I won't share it because I want him to feel like he's safe with me um, and that his privacy is safe and that he's protected and that he has the autonomy to say no, um, because that's important. And like with my husband too, I'm, you know, we agreed that we, we want to keep our marriage kind of off social, like, you know, we joke around and he, everyone knows him as my biggest troll because he trolls me all the time. <laughs> but beyond that, like, we are, I, I think we feel very strongly about this is that like, you know, our relationship is something that's very private. It's something very important to both of us. And it's kind of off limits in that we don't share like mushy, very like drawn like we just celebrated our 13 year anniversary and he was laughing at me he's like you know all my friends were laughing that you share everything but you didn't share like a happy anniversary message for me on Instagram and I said I'm like you know how I feel and I don't need like 9,000 however many followers I have seeing that and needing to read that for it to be real and for it to be important and for it to be sincere like you know it I know it and we're the only two people who matter and let the friends laugh. Who cares? <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's things like that. Um, and then, you know, especially like when I'm talking about like extended family beyond just like my husband and my sons, um, I try and make sure that I don't, I don't want people to feel like they're, they have to be performing if they're around me. Like I want family events to stay family events. I don't want to feel like a voyeur, like who's just there with a camera, like snapping everything. I want people to be comfortable. Um, and I don't want to sacrifice people's sense of safety and comfort and um, just their, their ability to be themselves because I have a smartphone and an Instagram account. Yeah, and I think that's really powerful. And I love that you mentioned that too, about getting consent from your kids. Because I think that this is something that I, I don't think that parents do it maliciously, but I, sometimes I do see parents almost like insisting that their kids be on Instagram with them and the kids clearly aren't happy about it. And they're old enough to be able to make that decision themselves. And I, that doesn't feel good to me again, as a non-parent, but that doesn't feel good to me to even watch. Like, I don't think that anyone should be forced to be on social media in any regard. So I love that you have those conversations with those kids and that that's really teaching them consent from a very young age as well. And again, like with your, with your private life, with your husband, I think that's so powerful because again, this sort of goes back to needing validation. Like sometimes it can be out of this really pure, beautiful place of gratitude. Like, you know, I, I'm, if, if we're talking about celebrating an anniversary or something like 
just exploding with joy and that that's amazing but you can also be exploding with joy off of social media <laughs> and you don't have to post everything like that on social so i love that you have found those those boundaries that work so well for you and you know yes this will look different for everyone but i i do think that there's just so much power in keeping lots private and sometimes people think that they know us incredibly well because they see us on social media all the time. They see our stories, they see us chattering on about like certain things and these little things have these little details happening in our lives and stuff, but you don't actually know the person. You, you don't fully know them. You don't understand them. You don't, it is great to connect with people, but I think that we still need to always draw that distinction that we, we still don't truly know someone intimately unless you know them in real life. And just watching somebody on social all the time doesn't mean that you know that person. I, you know, I, I was just having this conversation earlier this week. I was frustrated about something someone had said to me. Um, and I was saying to my husband, I'm like, they're coming at it from a perspective of, I see her every single day. And I, um, I know what's going on in her life. And so they somehow feel like they have this authority in giving me advice on something I haven't even asked for. Uh, but for me, especially because I did, like, you know, it's not like they too are sharing their stories and it's not like I'm watching their life unfold. They're a stranger. And and for me, getting really personal advice from a stranger is really awkward, especially when it comes to like things like childbirth and like pregnancy and my relationship with my kids or my family. And so I think it's, um, we really need to recognize that um, one, we're living in an unprecedented time. Like never before have we had this kind of access to other people's lives and other people who are complete strangers to us, essentially. Um, but yet we can open, like you can, we can tap on a little icon on our phone and we can have this window into a complete stranger's life and see where they're shopping and see what they're eating and see their family and their home. And it's unprecedented. It's never been done before. It's like never in the history of humankind has this happened. And so we're still learning how to navigate this kind of access to other people's lives and they're behind the scenes. And, and I think it's, it's a matter of just continuing to educate people in a way that's kind and that doesn't make them feel like a pariah, but, at the, but, but building those boundaries and keeping, like, you know, like stating what is private and what's not. Uh, because it, you can't have it as a free-for-all. It's going to drive you crazy. And it, the more you let people encroach on your boundaries, the, the less you're going to enjoy doing what you're doing. And this is especially true for people who are influencers or who share a modicum of their personal life with others. Um, unless you have very firm boundaries around what is and isn't acceptable to share, um, and to discuss, you're going to really struggle to kind of manage that overwhelming flood of unsolicited interest. <laughs> yes, yes. And it, it, it's always a little scary, especially when you put up 
something particularly personal on the internet because you have to be aware that you're opening yourself up to criticisms and judgments by strangers and all of these things of, you know, from people that don't even know us, social media is so one-sided. It's incredibly yeah. one-sided. And, and in particular, by the way, I do not envy moms because I swear moms get <laughs> more, more like flack and criticism from people. And I'm like, can we please just love on moms? Like why is everyone hating on moms all the time? It's like, moms are always doing this wrong or, or, oh, you're doing this the wrong way. Or, oh, you should definitely do this because this happened to so-and-so's friend of mine. Like, it's just insane to me. Everyone needs to just chill out on moms. Okay. Can we just show moms some love? <laughs> because I don't understand this whole phenomenon. I'm 100% but, behind that. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. But I, the other kind of aspect of this that you and I were talking about beforehand, um, before we jumped on too, was kind of this, there's this shift towards showing up more authentically. And I, I've actually been talking about this more recently about uh, how vulnerability is being used as a commodity to some degree. And when, when we start to move towards this, swinging towards this more authentic side of ourselves, there's a great deal of responsibility that comes with that that I don't think many people fully understand or even recognize. So how do you kind of juggle that and balance it against your own sense of privacy? Like, I know we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but I don't know that people fully understand that, that enormous sense of responsibility when, when showing up authentically is how you stay true to yourself, but you're also trying to juggle that with, okay, but I've got these boundaries that I'm not willing to cross and still try to show up as authentically as I can. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, I, my fear, and this is always, uh, I always think about this before, like when I'm sharing something, especially particularly around body positivity and like faith and, you know, growing up in this like cultural divide where I, you know, I come from like a Pakistani Muslim background, but I grew up in Canada. So I am Canadian, but I, I like bridge this divide and all those things are very like close to my heart. There are things that are a big part of who I am as an individual. Um, you know, like my whole experience in wearing the hijab and like, I, I mean, you remember at the event that we met, one of the things that I talked about was showing up as myself and how it's scary it is because I don't see other people like me in this field that I've chosen um, as my career. And all those things are me being like authentic and me being true to myself. But at the same time, um, what, what I'm like, what my fear always is, is that I don't want to, I don't want it to become trite. Does that make sense? Like, I don't want it to become a buzzword. Like, Showing up, like to me, unfortunately, what I see a lot now is that showing up authentically has become like a cool thing to do. And in, in, in its, in its, it's almost lost its impact because it's not, it's not done with like intention and like with a sense of responsibility. Um, and with an understanding that it's not just showing up, it's actually following through and building a narrative that's very true to who you are and where you come from. Because there are other people who may be experiencing what you're experiencing and they're looking at what you're doing as almost like a, a, a signpost of how they should 
be. And when you just show up authentically and you, you drop one story about, you know, your struggle as a person of color, and then the next day it's like business as normal, you're almost reducing those struggles and you're taking away from those people who you could have helped and who may have been looking at you uh, for help navigating a certain situation. Did that make sense? That I, you hit the nail on the head. I, I'm really, you phrased that in such a beautiful way and say, and gave such a fantastic example because when we're talking about people of, of color who are dealing with the issues that people of color face on an every single day basis, other people don't understand how systemic that is. So it doesn't really do it justice when you, when you mention it once and it's like a one and done thing, when it's something that is being dealt with all the time, all day, every day. And anyone who hasn't had to face that doesn't understand what that's like. There, there is no comprehending the, the gravity of that. So I, I think that it's, it's incredibly powerful. And, and I totally agree with you about authenticity being a buzzword. I've talked about this a lot lately too, that I don't even like using the word anymore because people are just throwing it around so much, but sometimes I feel like I don't have a better word for it. So I use it anyway, but I, I definitely feel like this whole concept of, of authenticity is just becoming like the cool thing to do. And I, I'm not on board with it. I'm like, no, if, if you have to talk all the time about the fact that you show up authentically, are you really showing up authentically? Because if you were showing up authentically, you wouldn't have to state it. People would just understand. <laughs> they would recognize it for themselves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like I remember um, around a year ago, I think, I, I had this whole like mental shift around body positivity and like, uh, you know, understanding how there were like lots of systemic and like background issues that were impacting how I looked at myself and how I felt about myself and I did like an Instagram live and I talked about it and it was something that was just really raw like I think I cried in that live at one point and I'm not like a crier and it was something that just came from such a deep place of pain and like frustration and it totally changed how I showed up it totally changed a lot of like how my content was framed and it was one of the first times that I like, you know, that someone had spoken about it in such a way in my community, in like the circle of, you know, like South Asian Muslim blogger moms. And it was because people don't like talking about this stuff. It's like a very hot button issue. But what I found really fascinating was that after I had done like that live and as you know, it like it, the live went viral, like in 24 hours, it was seen by like 20,000 people. That post got a ton of like traction, like my account grew. It was, it was one of like, it was almost like a turning point for me in a way. But what I found really fascinating was that following that, I saw more and more people doing it, right? And some of them did it really well, because they took that narrative and they, and they pushed it further and they talked about their own struggles and like how their, um, how they had, they too had like experienced it and how it had changed them. And it was almost like, you know, like an evolution of the way we were thinking about it and talking about it. But then I saw a lot of people who kind of just jumped on the bandwagon 
and they 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 talked about it and they you know they used the buzzwords and they used terms around body positivity and loving yourself but it was kind of like a getting on the bandwagon without any real um appreciable interest in impacting that narrative on a long-term basis and again it was like a one and done like they had that one post about body positivity and self-love and on they went right um or talking about being plus size without being plus size and i'm no one to judge whether you are or not like you know you look at yourself a certain way but i it it was almost like they were trying so hard to be authentic that they weren't being authentic because they weren't talking they they weren't speaking their truth and they just saw that this was something that was working and they kind of took advantage of the momentum as opposed to focusing on creating impact creating change um and you know helping their communities navigate this because it's an issue that all of us face um especially as women and that really made me realize that authenticity can be a double edged sword you can be authentic and it can be amazing and it can be illuminating and it can change lives um or you can be authentic and it even in that authenticity you can cause more um almost like you can almost cause harm by not taking responsibility and not treating it seriously and and i think that that's something that everyone needs to ask themselves before they share anything that feels vulnerable is why am i sharing this and that kind of circles back to to what we were talking about more at the beginning about when when we're sharing from a place of just seeking likes and validation that's not going to come from a good place and people can sense that like you were sensing it about some of these other accounts it has to come from from a deeper meaning than that if it is going to have the kind of impact that you wanted to have but if you're looking for likes and numbers as opposed to impact you're probably not going to get very far it's like when people write a book i remember tim ferris talking about um writing the 4 hour work week which for anyone who doesn't know that book essentially went totally viral it's an amazing it's so good if if for anyone who hasn't read it i highly recommend it because it will change how you how you look at the world um but he he always talks about the fact that he ended up writing that book with two specific good friends of his in mind like he was literally writing the book to them and then it ended up going viral and he said you know if i had tried to write this book thinking about how it could apply to the masses i don't think it would have done very well and that's something to really take into consideration because when you're writing in a post and I think a lot of copywriters actually will even tell you this if you're writing uh emails or posts or whatever write it with one person in mind who is the one person that you need to hear this and maybe it's yourself maybe you're you're almost writing it as a letter that that you needed to hear yourself you know 6 months ago or 6 years ago or however long but writing it with that with that specific purpose in mind is going to completely shift the dynamic and the energy that that shows up with and the impact that it eventually has hopefully on other people but you have to recognize that first you have to go inward in order to really figure that out 100% i completely agree uh i think you know i find that the posts that are right that are either to an older version of myself who needed to hear something 
or if I'm thinking of a specific person that I've had an interaction with and I'm writing with that interaction in mind, it just tends to have so much more impact than if I'm just like, oh, well, this one's going to do well because, uh, you know, like it's a hot button issue or whatever. It, 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 when you're, when you create content, um, any kind of content, whether it's video, audio, written stuff, photos, if you're creating it with other people's likes in mind, you're never going to be speaking your whole truth because you will always uh, think of other people and how they're going to perceive that content before you think of how it means, what it means to you and how it, should, uh, how it reflects you. So I think the best lesson you can learn as a content creator and even as someone who uses Instagram for personal use is share what makes you feel right, but share that what makes you feel good. And if there is something that doesn't make you feel comfortable, then maybe that means that it's not for you to share and it's not the right thing. And it's not the thing that is going to add any value for anyone else because you within you know what works and what doesn't. Yeah. And that's a really great point as well, that there, there's, there's such a line between being uncomfortable with coming forward with something and having some discomfort about it. There's, yes, there's very absolutely. much a line between the two. Yes. And, and you will know if you tune into your gut and your intuition, you will know which one it is. If you are just flat out uncomfortable, you shouldn't be sharing. But if, if it's just like, you know what, I really want to do this. And, and you have all these amazing reasons regarding, you know, impact and, and all of these other things and, and purpose that you really feel pulled to share something, even though it scares the shit out of you, <laughs> then go for it, do it. Because that is probably what is going to really affect the world in a, in a really positive, beautiful way. But when, when we come at it from a place of just being so uncomfortable about it, we feel like we can't even breathe that's probably a sign that you shouldn't be sharing it. Yeah. Like I remember when I first started sharing my outfit of the days, I was, I had discomfort about it. And part of that discomfort was disclosing that I was shopping at plus size stores like Torrid or Lane Bryant, because there was this part of me that was ashamed of it, right? That I was having to shop at a plus size store um, because somehow that's just, that's not the cool thing, right? And I realized one of the reasons why those outfit of the day photos get so much feedback is because it made people feel like, hey, it's okay to be plus size and shop at these stores. And that doing so doesn't stop you from looking and feeling good. And it just because you're shopping at a plus size store doesn't mean you're going to look frumpy or, or even more importantly, that just because you have a plus size body doesn't mean you just dress it in sweats and yoga pants and, you know, call it a day. Like you can still take care with your appearance and you can still feel good about yourself and make an effort and look good. Um, and it, it almost broke this ice for so many people. And I've had so many people DM me and say, you know, like it was, I was so ashamed of telling someone that I shopped at a plus size store until I saw you sharing your outfits and where you buy them. And it made me realize just how um, silly it was to be ashamed of a place where I shop for clothes. Like I'd much rather, I'm so grateful that I have places where I can buy clothes that fit my body 
as opposed to having to squeeze myself and stuff that doesn't look or feel good. And so I had that discomfort, but I wasn't uncomfortable. And the discomfort was around ego and shame and, you know, how I looked at my body and how I looked at how I dressed it. But getting past that actually helped me grow and develop as an individual and it helped other people. But there have been times where um, I've been very uncomfortable with a topic and I haven't shared it because in my heart, I know that this, and there are things that I know that if I talked about, I would get so much feedback, like quote unquote, right? Like I would get high engagement and that post would probably do really well and all this stuff. But because I know in my gut that it's not the right fit and it's not something I want to put out there and it's, you know, it makes me uncomfortable on a very visceral level. I won't talk about it because that, that self-awareness is what helps me draw that line between the public and the private husband. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, it's so incredible. Hafsa, this whole thing has just been amazing. You've offered such incredible, incredible advice. And I'm going to be going back to listen to this one more than once because <laughs> you have such a fantastic way. You have such a fantastic way of phrasing things in a way that makes us really understand and think about it. So thank I'm you really so much. That I've rambled in some places. And no, so you did not. I ended up talking about shoes. So now I'm just like, Huh. <laughs> well, we, we can still talk about shoes. Don't worry. <laughs> You're so funny. Well, you let came me tell like everyone. running up to me. <laughs> okay. You well, tell the story. I, mean, I just want to tell everybody the way Emily and I met is at this event, she was sitting like four tables ahead of me. And I saw this like gorgeous girl and she had like, you know, this beautiful, like casual beachy style. And on the first day, I think you were wearing these red converses. I think it was a red converse or a red, like, shoes with this really pretty dress and I was like I wish I could pull off a dress with like running shoes and they weren't oh like running, <laughs> but they were like casual walking shoes and I was like this looks so nice and I wanted to say something but then I was like I don't want her to think I'm some weirdo so I didn't say anything and then the second day you wore jeans I think and you wore these amazing sandals like they're the kind <laughs> that like crisscross and I was like, okay, I have to tell this girl that I love her shoes because A, I'm boring. Like I pack one pair of shoes and they're the ones that I wear like on the plane in the conference and on my way home. So I'm not like packing multiple pairs of shoes. So that in itself was impressive to me. But just the fact how well you coordinated your shoes with your outfits, I was like, I need to tell her, I think we're going to be friends. And you know what? I'm so glad I did because I didn't, oh I don't think I'd ever... Um, interacted with you in any of the Facebook groups we're in. No, we hadn't had a chance to talk. Yeah. And and you were sitting so far ahead of me. Like, I don't even think we had said hello, like outside of the, outside of the shoe conversation. So I'm just so glad that I broke the ice of the shoe. Well, first of all, can I just say like, anytime you, I don't mean you, anyone, and I always try and remind myself of this. Anytime there's, there's anybody that you want to compliment, just give them the compliment because you're always just going to make somebody's day. No one is going to think you're super weird. Everyone, it leaves the, that interaction with a huge smile on their face and it's, it's amazing. So first of all, always do that. Secondly, <laughs> for anyone who thinks that I'm like super fashionable now, <laughs> I need to like set the record straight. I was 
I, I didn't know what shoes to wear. So I think the only two shoes I brought were those two shoes, like the sandals. And then <laughs> they were like pink Nikes, actually. I think they were like pink Nikes. And they were just my running shoes that I brought to work out in and wore on the plane and all of those things. And I hate wearing any form of like high heels or anything that's uncomfortable. Like I used to, to totter around in high heels. Oh my God, I don't know how I did it. And now I have zero tolerance for that. So I legit just like put on my running shoes with my dress because I was like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> So that was like the biggest I, I love the look. I love how they look together. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you. That's a huge compliment, especially coming from you because you always have gorgeous outfits. <laughs> but have you noticed so I never share my shoes? Because I literally I love shoes. You but don't actually. That's true. At this point in my life, my shoe uh wardrobe is very basic. I have a pair of black slip-ons that you know serve me for like all kinds of like parenting related activities. I have a pair of running shoes and then I have a pair of Skechers that I wear for like outdoor activities and a pair of boots because as much as I love shoes and I have like stacks of shoe boxes in my closet, I mean, you can't run after two boys wearing high heels. And Agreed. I tried it at <laughs> sister-in-law's wedding about two years ago and my ankles are still weeping. So I'm like, you oh. know what? I'm gonna put those shoes away for now. And we'll get back to them once I stop running after these guys. So I live vicariously through other people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can assure you, I don't wear heels anymore. It's like not even a question. I'm like, okay, what is the flattest pair of shoes I can find? <laughs> I just have no tolerance for them, especially after multiple ankle injuries. <laughs> I so love funny. heels. I think heels. They're beautiful. I'm so happy. I know. They're so beautiful. I just like, I, they're, they look gorgeous. And then I put them on and I'm like, nope, this is why I don't wear you. <laughs> Okay, so we talked about shoes. So I, I, I have completed my bribe to get you on the podcast. <laughs> okay, done and done. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about where we can find you and about your incredible membership site, because I know that you have this, uh, you're reopening the doors temporarily for a very short launch period coming up soon as well. So let us know about that. Yeah, so I mean, my membership is called Happily Membership, and it's a community for moms. Um, we have a framework called the GEMS framework, which I created, uh, which focuses on gratitude, evaluating your life goals, um, having the right mindset, and then focusing on self-care. Um, so we go through the modules, and we have master classes as well. Um, and it's an amazing community of moms who are there to support each other and kind of uplift each other and kind and help each other through like the struggles of motherhood that that do crop up. Um, and it, I'm like, I love it. I love being able to serve this community and to show up for them. And I learn so much from them and I hope that I am able to help them too. So it's a great place and the doors open September, uh, September 18th and we're super excited. And then for anyone who wants to read more of what I write and find me on social media, it's just, my handle is happily Hafsa and you can find me at happilyhuffsa.com. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I always wrap up with one last question and it's if you could offer people one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? Oh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> I would say that one really important um, thing you can do is start with like some introspection and then recognize what your truth is and then stop being afraid of speaking your truth. Um, I, you know, I'm in my mid thirties 
And I feel like it took me so long to understand who I really was beyond the societal and religious and cultural expectations placed on me and recognizing and understanding who I was and then being willing to stand up for what I believed in has helped me grow so much as an individual. So just, you know, taking time to get get to know yourself and get to know your values and get to know the things that are important to you and then being able to like just protect them, excuse me, and making sure that you're staying true to them and not like compromising on them is so important. And, you know, the sooner you do it, the happier and more content you're going to be on the long term. That's beautiful. Oh my gosh. Hafsa, thank you so much. You've been so incredibly generous with your time, with your expertise, with everything that you have to offer. And I can't wait for everyone to go and meet you because you are just the most amazing human. So I <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. You're too sweet. <laughs> you give me too much credit, but I'll take it. Not at all. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. I'm so incredibly grateful that you took the time because it means the absolute world to me. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review, and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so that I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday with brand new episodes, and I am looking forward to growing with you. 